Welcome one, welcome all. We're live on Very Full Upstream number 56, entitled Ramp. Kind of a silent period as we have this slow boil of news trickling in from BlackBerry. And we're headed up toward that security summit on the on the 23rd. Jubei's actually going to be there as well as... Chris, I believe you're going to be there as well. Is that correct? Yep, yep. Yeah, him and I are going to be snuggling up there in the back of the auditorium. <laughs> <laughs> Our other on-air guest, Alex, will not be there, but he'll be there in spirit, I'm sure. Always. <laughs> it's good to have you guys on. I want to get started on our topic of conversation. We have a lot to talk about, really, you know, man? There's there's a little bit of news coming in. The biggest bit of that, of which I think is probably the Bez update, there's a lot of cool stuff coming with the latest BlackBerry Enterprise server. But let's get started talking on our, our topic conversation, guys. What's most interesting for you out there? I mean, we've got a lot of new stuff coming. We've seen the devices getting shown off. The Dallas was certified for Malaysia and Singapore. Uh, Jubei, are you interested in the BlackBerry Dallas device, that kind of new passport for the Asian markets, or are you kind of comfortable with your own? Um, I don't know. I'm a very hands-on kind of guy, so I'd have to get a feel for it. You know how I am with the with the material. You know the the material where they use premium, and then uh, how I disliked if anyone remembers the uh, older podcast uh, upstreams where I had the uh, AT&T variant, which I hated. So um, I would have to get a few, you know, for the device. I probably never will, but um, it's great to see that there's enough demand for them to create a variant for a particular market, and um, they're still catering, you know, hitting those niches when necessary. So uh, that's not uncommon. They've been doing that. You know, with the Jakarta device, with with uh, you know other devices. So, you know, good to see them. You know, still doing it. It's it's definitely kind of interesting way for them to go with these devices right now, because we've seen kind of them pull back on that device market, but they're still tailoring experiences and devices for certain markets. I just hope that's like not all the future has to bring us. These devices, like for a carrier for this specific design. The Passport being so redone at this point kind of makes it seem, I don't know, it just like takes away from something. That's just me, though. What about you, Blaze? Do you feel like it takes away like just a little bit something about the device? Yeah, it takes away the originality of the device, I think. I mean, because right now, to me, that device, the Dallas device that is appearing there, whether or not it shows up in in a market that I can even purchase it at, you know, it's it's a passport. It's still just a passport. A passport by any other name is still just a passport. So, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, that's not to say that they they probably won't sell a bunch of them to people who actually enjoy it, uh, enjoy the look of it. But you know, it it's it doesn't it. There's no I have to have it factor there for me because again, it's just another passport. It's a passport in a different shell. So yeah. It, it kind of cool, but whatever. It, yeah. it makes me wonder if uh, BlackBerry's done enough research to see if um, that variant will actually sell well in that particular market versus the kind of like what Apple does. They create the one device and they just, you know, just going to say that, yeah. It all over the world. Uh, BlackBerry's taking a very different approach in releasing certain devices and variants in certain regions. Uh, so. Interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, that's definitely like when you're dealing with the high end kind of thing, it, it, normally you don't want to release, you know, variants of it too frequently. You want to just have one 
you know, even them doing the AT&T version, releasing that so fairly close to the other one, it just kind of, for some reason, makes the original Passport not feel as special because there's another variant. And it, it's just a, kind of a weird thing to do. Um, and then once you start getting into this, it's like now once the Passport 2 comes out, it's not going to feel as special as if they just had a Passport 1, Passport 2. They actually now have Passport 1, Passport 8, AT&T variant, and then, you know, this one, and then... It just it just doesn't feel as you know new as genuine as is interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I mean I would need numbers for this, but it doesn't seem like the AT&T variant did anything at all. And I hope like BlackBerry just doesn't do that. Yeah, and you know the, the have your device. That's it. The more and more that carriers kind of step away from like you need to get a contract to get a device for people that like more and more people are buying off contract to not get sucked in in the contract and they're giving you a discount now for buying outright it really makes less and less sense to have like an AT&T variant where you could just go to Blackberry buy it directly from them and use that phone on AT&T like a Verizon or a Sprint or some variant like that would make more sense and because you can't buy it elsewhere um, but for like it, it just seems weird with AT&T to do that yeah that was very strange because I could just take mine and go to AT&T with it. It didn't matter. So I got even... Whatever. Jubei just held his up like it was like I can't... Like that shit's... That black piano black passport is really nice. It really, really is. There's something about that like classic black and steel that Blackberry owns at this point. Even with devices like the classic, like that is signature Blackberry. And it's kind of cool to see it, I think. The Dallas, like I'm not too excited about it. What I've seen... I know it's production models probably, but or you know pre-production models, excuse me. But it just seems like unrefined. Like it has seams on the edges, like where the metal meets at some places, and it just seems kind of like I don't know, not as high quality you know, as the whatever, passport. Whatever works for BlackBerry at this point. I'm sure they're doing a lot of R&D and they're testing the market to see what works, what doesn't. They'll cut out what doesn't, and they're not going to know unless they give it a try. I mean. I guess it's one of those things where you, you just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> you wish for a better strategy, but... Um, the BBM strategy. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> the BBM strategy. I don't know about that device. Like, I, I just don't understand why it exists. Like, Yeah, we could say that it's specific for you know a market or whatever the case may be, but I just don't know. I don't... I, don't, I, I have no idea as to why that that specific device needs to exist it, it it's almost like it was created by like mistake or and you know they 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 built so many of them that they have to go ahead and sell them now at some point i don't know what it is it's just it it's there people people who like it will buy it and you know others well you mentioned that won't. chris you think that's a possibility where um you know blackberry sold all the original design and there's still demand for it and they figured they do a little tweaking upgrade pops for it? Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly outside of the realm of possibility. I've heard that they ordered enough parts for this one specific design to actually go ahead and produce that version of it. So, you know, if they if they went that far, again, that's just a rumor. I don't know if that's necessarily true. But they ordered enough parts to be able to go ahead and compile this device, so now they have to go ahead and sell it at some point, you know? Whether or not that's reality or whether or not that's just some made-up junk, I don't know. But the device is there, and it's going to appear at some point in time. 
I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say at this point where exactly because we still don't necessarily know where it's going to pop up. But you know, you know, if if they start taking on the Android mentality, then really develop as many hardware devices as possible. If you're not the ones actually producing it, and just throw them out in the market, who cares? See yeah. what sticks. That uh, is just strategy. Premium. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the the premium BB10 experience is like you really don't want to release too many devices a year. It is like. You want a premium, this one, this one, this one. But Android, really, there's so many out there, so throw out and see what happens. So it might get worse from here on out in terms of they, the amount of devices. If they do put it out, I hope they're smart about it and they actually, like, reduce the pricing on it or something like that. Yeah. Like, if they brought come. it down even $100, it would be yeah. it would mean a lot. And and I guess there's a lot of good perspective we have here. I want to welcome Ronell to the conversation. How you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. How about you? I mean, you kind of you kind of hopped in in media's rest there. We're talking about the Dallas device, this this uh, you know Western market uh, passport, basically revamped. What do you think about the device? Do you think this is something BlackBerry's kind of exhausting themselves in actually making, or do you think it's going to have an impact in that market for them? Well, it'll probably have a, a small impact. I mean, it's, it's a device for their side of the market, so it's a little bit separate and a little bit different from from ours. So maybe it'll get a little bit of headway, which. Anything is better than nothing, right? Well, do you have a passport right now? Yeah, yeah. Still have it. Still using it. S still using it. So would you trade the one you have now for something like a Dallas, like a different form factor, a different yeah. variation of the passport, or you like what you got? I got. I love what I got. I would even trade it for the AT&T version. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's not a downgrade. It's just a side grade. So you're entitled to, to you know to the horizontal which with where you go. So I, I totally get that uh, where you're coming from that on that man. We have the Dallas device right. That's coming from BlackBerry. That's actually been certified as like an import in the Malaysia Singapore market. So that's pretty interesting. And then we had BlackBerry Dallas in Venice on the import records over in India. So I guess those devices are going to be headed to those markets in the foreseeable future. Again, maybe as a market strategy, you're bringing a powerful keyboard and a powerful all-touch slider device to market at the same time. Maybe not in the U.S., but in some of those emerging markets, it might be a good strategy for them as they try to bring these devices forward, kind of launch them in unison or launch them back-to-back, -back, perhaps. Kind of like Z10, Q10, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, James. <laughs> <laughs> It would be cool if they were able to leverage it that way. In terms of the like the import records for India, what do you guys think? Do you think it's going to be important for them to make sure that device, whatever it may be, Android BB10, the slider, available in the India market? Like, we still don't know what the sales pitch is for it per se. Is it a a device geared for medical and it does a lot of stuff there? Is it a device for another vertical? Like, what's the sales pitch? Do you guys do you guys see what that is at this point with the slider type device? Not really. It doesn't seem like there's any sales pitch for the slider as of yet. It just basically appeals to those who want a torch-like uh, form factor, which, as everyone knows, harkens back to the, the BlackBerry OS days where everybody liked that torch form factor. So, I mean... I, I, I do anticipate a particular sales pitch for it personally. I don't know what it is because when I visited their offices here in New York, uh, we spoke a little bit about it, and it looked like they're going to have some really specific uh, capabilities on that on that device. So, knowing BlackBerry, they're going to try to market it in a very particular fashion. Um, but we're still a little bit of ways away from seeing anything 
Uh, yeah, and they, John Chen's comments say that the edge would actually be used for something, but yeah. he left it at that. Yeah, and he made it sound like it was a really innovative in the way that the edge would be used. And we've seen the galaxies with the edges and everything and saw what they're used for. Like, okay, you could check the score of a, of a football game while you're sitting there on a dinner date or what. Like, they, they brought up some of those examples. So it's like, well, what is Chen so excited about with this edge that they're going to do? So I don't even care what's curious. I don't even care what's exciting. I just want to know yeah. whether it runs on Blackberry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but but John Chen has me hooked at this point, right? So I've taken the line and we're going to go with it. So a Venice, Dallas launching in the Indian market, I think that's a positive thing, right? At least it shows that there's interest and they have like a wherewithal where they're going to take it, you know? So at least they're not, it's not totally quiet at this point, I guess, is what I, why I'm excited about it's it. Al- it's also important to point out that the, the, the import record doesn't necessarily mean much because like I've seen, I've seen posts of people like Taking the pricing, the the pricing that was listed on, on the on the India import and proclaiming that it was essentially too high. Well, realistically, that has absolutely nothing to do with the actual end scenario. Mm-hmm. It's it's very important to remember that stuff. Like if you do the conversion, I think it, it, the the pricing comes up to like over a thousand dollars. That means nothing in the grand scheme of things, and that is not. A detail that should even be looked at because BlackBerry has to go ahead and claim whatever it is on that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to India as well. They could just be sending it to India to actually just go ahead and test out the device on the Indian networks to determine whether or not it would be sold in India. You know, it, it the the import records are are interesting. They're informative to let us know that BlackBerry is still progressing with these devices and they're sending them out, but they realistically shouldn't be used as an indicator of pricing or anything like that. You know, BlackBerry is required to go ahead and do these uh, records of import in India, so that's why we're seeing it. But don't don't you know don't don't put too much weight into them because at the end of the day it could realistically mean nothing it just means that they're 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 working there's progress being made on these devices and yeah. there is the possibility that we could see them pop up there well you got to remember um india is like a hot spot for blackberry right now not just oh, yeah. in terms of hardware they they got a lot of r&d they opened up a couple places for people to develop software for and you they got that NAN health thing and everything going on, healthcare sector. So, I mean, you never know. It, it definitely, I agree. It could be an R and D kind of a thing that they have. Yeah, for. I just, I just wanted to put that out there just to temper people's expectations. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> right. look, the the don't prices look you at, read are not gonna be. Yeah, like don't price you have to pay because the BlackBerry yeah. Leap was imported for like hundred and fifty dollars or something like that in India, and you know, then we saw another listing where it was like seven hundred dollars. So, those those prices mean absolutely nothing at the end of the day. I love how I love how Neil's on the chat right now on BBM channels is mentioning that Alex made his bed this evening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that is attention to detail. Alex, everyone on air right now basically was like, let me change my camera angle a little bit. Blaze was the only one who really kind of just kept it simple. (laughs) Permanent bad hair day. We'll talk about it later. I I promise. I'll make my return soon. I swear. 
It's it's like a dive in and out. Right now it's a little bit too hot. He's just not about it. So, so I want to talk. I'm transitioning the conversation from the the Venice and Dallas imports over to Bez 12, 12.2 to be precise. This brought a lot of enhanced multi OS functionality to the software solution. And really, Bez 10 was like an MDM platform. It was a mobile device management platform. Now, Bez 12 and beyond, it's really an enterprise mobility manager. Like it does so much more in terms of a uh, you know, what it's able to offer customers and a very specific uses and whatnot. Ronell, what do you think about Bez 12.2? Is this something that BlackBerry can leverage to make more money with, or do you think it's kind of going to be short-sighted for them as they try to get back with some of those customers they, they used to engage with? Um, it's, it's actually pretty huge. I mean, uh, I started a new job recently where um, I am in charge of doing MDM kind of things, right, and a lot of people in IT, like the guys who are behind the scenes who you don't even know, on a daily basis they got to take care of a lot of technical issues. So Best 12 is more about making it simple for those guys at the back. And it saves the company money, it saves time, resources. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. So when you tell a company, listen, I could do this, 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 and this with my product versus Good, Airwatch, or any other companies, that that on the back end, that's pretty huge, and I don't think a lot of people realize that it has a lot more potential than uh, than they think from a consumer side. An IT guy is gonna really value that more than anybody else, right? So it's huge. It's it's pretty huge. The more support, the better. So it's pretty good. It's, it's a great point to bring up, man. There really is a lot of potential. And, and when they have that back-end piece, like you mentioned, right, they've got a lot of software on the back-end that you can attach to Bez and deliver through to customers. It puts you above some of the competitors out there who really offering, aren't offering like a really robust solution at this point. Really, the main competitor is VMware at this point, right? They're the real one that BlackBerry needs to uproot in the market. I wonder if there's a potential for them to do that in the coming years. But Bez 12.2 is definitely an interesting update for them as, they, again, they double down on that cross-platform effort. Alex, what do you think about it, man? Can, can you see yourself like being on an Android device in an enterprise connected to Bez? Um, you know, it's... It, 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 at least for me, it completely depends on how they go about implementing the hub because from a business standpoint, I honestly can't leave BlackBerry 10 simply because I rely so heavily on the hub just for doing business on a day-to-day -day, you know, basis. When I wake up in the morning, I spend half an hour just going through my hub, uh, checking off emails with, with clients that have messaged me back and forth, and it's just like so integral to my, my company that I can't imagine not having that. So, so so long as they implement that properly in Android, then I don't think it would be that big of a deal. But like I think we have some pretty high standards because we're used to having this we, solution that's so integrated out. and so deep. We have, a, we have a hard time with it at this point because it's so good at this point. So yeah. at, imagine Hub as a great Android app, but it's standalone. So the notifications are built through the standard notification center. There's not any more integration than any other app can have. Would you? Would that be enough for you, as long as the app itself is, you know, does the basics of what you need? I want to say yes, but I think I definitely need to try it out because, I mean, I've been on BlackBerry ever since it was Legacy. I, I really haven't truthfully tried out an Android, like, full-time. Like, my grandpa has an Android, and I've played with it here and there, but I don't know how 
how annoying it will be for it to be a standalone app. I mean, like people who are using the Gmail app, like it's a standalone app, but they, you know, it might be completely fine. It's something that I think I need to play around with, and I might just have to accept that it'll never be as, you know, integrated as the hub is, and just live with that. And it might be completely fine. I might get used to it in a week. You know? I, f- I find that funny, Alex, because that is like the sales pitch going forward, right? It's, I feel as they embrace Android, they're ultimately going to be saying, yeah, it's good, it's great, but it's still not BB10, and we still sell that. Like, go buy yeah. that, you know? Yeah. It, and it all leads back to BB10, maybe not in the most direct way, maybe not in the way we want to see their marketing, but I think it's going to do a lot for them if they embrace an Android device in the lineup and just and just go for it, right? The keyboard is going to be, just like Ronell said in terms of Bez 12, it's going to be huge for them, so... I, I'm definitely looking forward on that. I, I would agree with you there, Alex. You, you know, you know, Chris brought up a good point, and I think this is in the chat. Um, this is something that I, I think many of us have been thinking about as well. Um, so there's like on an iPhone, if you slide to the left, then you have their kind of search area, and it has like recommendations and maybe like recently contacted people. And then on Google, depending on if you're using like uh, bare bones Google, like vanilla, then I. Th- think you just kind of have tab frames that you can mess around with, but if you do use a different solution like what, you know, Sense, uh, HTC Sense and all these other things, then you can replace like one of the frames with something. So why can't BlackBerry, for instance, just have like maybe the leftmost frame be the hub? Like it could, it would be an app, it would be more of like uh, a widget, but it would be like an app built into replacing that. So they might be able to make it a little bit more integrated than just having it there as a standalone app. Chris, maybe you can speak to this, right? But a lot of the competition has gone off and ripped off certain BlackBerry features, but they haven't even they haven't ripped off like all of them yet. You know, they they've kind of invented around them. So as we had the swipe to wake, LG brought in the double tap. You know, things like that that uh, they almost try to just c- break off the experience that was already created for us. Do you think that the comp- you know, the competition out there has a lot more to take from BlackBerry? Or do you feel like they really haven't innovated too much to be taken from? Um, I think at this point, I mean, realistically, the only thing that they could genuinely take from BlackBerry, I think, that would ultimately be useful to end users would be the hub. Nobody has come up with a a hub-like solution in the way that BlackBerry has at this point. Um, You know, anybody who has used Android knows that there's probably like thousands upon thousands of different launchers that you can use and they all promise to, you know, integrate your, your solutions or they promise to make you more efficient or, you know, raise your, your most used apps when you need them the most. But realistically, it comes down to the hub and nobody nobody has been able to, to reproduce that situation uh, exactly as BlackBerry has on Android, and I think that's that's one of the, the, the biggest innovations that BlackBerry has at this point in terms of, of the actual device software. I mean, we could go through, you know, the, the multitude of things that BlackBerry already includes in their operating system that, you know, you, you sort of need additional add-ons to be able to obtain on other systems like the, uh, you know, the, the, the video player, or sorry, the video editor and stuff like that, like little things like that, the photo editor, all of that stuff can essentially be replicated on Android as well. And some people have gone to that, that extent and have implemented those things within their OS, like Samsung and LG, so on and so forth. But it, again, it, it comes back to the hub for me, and I don't think anybody has has been able to implement that in the way that they want. And 
Um, you know, I I don't. It, it it also raises the question: Has anybody genuinely really tried to actually implement you know, that? Right. But, but is that is it that, or is it you just need whoever's creating the operating system? You need that type of integr like you would need Google to develop something like that, or you need Apple to develop something like that. And you know, the fact that BlackBerry they have like a calendar app, which is sure it's a standalone app, and you get used to that. But in the hub, if you pull down from the top, you have integrations from that app into like the operating system. So even though, like, say, the calendar is a standalone app, it still integrates deeply within the operating system. So I, I feel like you would need Google or Apple to, to allow something like the fact that they are Apple just allowed for custom keyboards. That is finally allowing features within an integral part of, like, the phone, the operating system. So, like, maybe they just genuinely don't give that much of integration available to people unless you start going the route of some kind of launcher on top of it, and those really haven't been that great. They yeah. bog down the system, and I don't know. And the launchers, I mean, fault. yeah, possibility, because they don't allow the APIs to directly interact with all of those applications. Like, yeah, you could have a launcher, but maybe... Maybe Google doesn't allow you to tap into, you know, for example, the Gmail app to be able to replicate yeah. that solution in the way that you you would really want it to. I mean, that that is definitely a, a possibility. There's no, there's not going to be a swipe up and to the right to get to your home. <laughs> that, 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 and, and the fact that BB10 is a gesture-based OS already puts it kind of in a in an, a user interface type you mentality exactly, ab uh, above it, you know. You said exactly what I was going to say, how uh, BlackBerry 10 was designed essentially around the hub, the whole concept of you yeah. accessing the hub anytime, no matter what you're doing on your on your device with the with the gesture-based OS. So trying to duplicate that on another device is, uh, I, I don't see, I mean, we're talking about a complete revamp of... Um, of an operating system, the way it, it functions. I, I really don't know how software-wise BlackBerry can duplicate this on another on a non-BB10 device. Yeah. That, R that RTOS, it. man, that RTOS. But, well, that's kind of the thing, too, the technology as well. Can yeah. the other, you know, can an iPhone with their technology, can an Android device with their technology duplicate what BlackBerry device uh, can that, do. That brings me over to the BBM update like on iOS that still has that notification issue in groups. Is it is it a BBM problem? Because we've told them many, many, many times. Or is it an iOS problem that they just don't have the, the library BlackBerry needs to hook this up and make it happen? You know? I'm pretty sure that it, it's an Apple problem. It needs to be like yeah. mm -hmm. Apple needs to allow for whatever access it is that's needed. The other thing when it comes to uh, much to Jubei's point, the other thing is that, you know, uh, it that each individual Android manufacturer has their own way of doing things, and they can customize it to their ability. And you know, the it comes down to the way, like we keep discussing whether or not BlackBerry can build a, an Android app that will replicate the hub. Well, yeah, they probably could, but the thing is, is that there's so many other layers of Android out there that you know it may work on one device, say for example it works on the Samsung Galaxy S6 Edge, okay, but it doesn't work on the on the on the on the note or whatever, just because of the software that Samsung has loaded onto it. These are the problems that BlackBerry faces when they consider these things. Because 
every Android OEM has their own certain way of doing things within the operating system, and they have the layers, like they have TouchWiz on these devices, they have whatever the hell LG is using, I don't know, these days. Uh, but, you know, BlackBerry has to work around that, and at least, at least on iOS, there's only one standard way of doing things. Like, it's the Apple way. You can, you can sort of work with Apple in, in terms of that integration, and you could probably come up with a somewhat reasonable solution because each and every single Apple device is pretty much the exact same, you know, in, in terms of, of the OS that they're running. Only when, it does, when you consider, like, you know, uh, uh, an iPhone 4 or something like that that's possibly running a different operating system, is it, is it problematic? But each, technically speaking, each and every individual Android device is running a different OS to a certain degree because they've added their own customizations. And these are problems that if an app hub solution was created, BlackBerry would have to overcome. Who's to say that that, that app would work on Samsung devices and LG devices in the exact same right. way? Right. That, that's that's the, been an issue that's plagued Android from the beginning. Yeah. Just the Compatibility layers, right? Yeah. Uh. There's a lot. There's a lot of layers, and, and and Chris brings up LG, and that just makes me like, hmm. <laughs> a G Flex screen. Not even the G Flex screen, but like a while back, they showed off a prototype of a six-inch plastic Go LED, which is that PLED technology display, and it's curved on both sides, and it has an active bending OLED technology. And this was just a prototype panel, right? It wasn't like into production yet, but LG has the ability to build the kind of screen that we saw on the slider type device, right? Yeah. And yet the purported specifications that we saw from N4BB, those basically say the device is a, is a G4, you know, an LG device. So imagine if it's like an LG device with the curved screen, you know? Is it Samsung with the curved technology or is it another company? I think for BlackBerry it's going to come down to what's the most cost efficient for me, you know? Yeah, and as we know, Samsung has has had their own problems, I guess you could say, with the display because they they essentially underestimated the the want for the S6 Edge, and they ramped up production on the S6. We saw that in their earnings report recently. Android Central has has that up, but um, you know their 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 guidance on the reports, anyways. Uh, you know they underestimated S6 Edge demand, and they don't they. They don't necessarily have the displays to be able to go ahead and, and provide for because those devices. Because they're using them BlackBerry. Well, that, <laughs> that, that's the other situation as well. Did Samsung screw themselves because they made a deal with BlackBerry and now Hopefully. they have to supply these, these, <laughs> these displays to BlackBerry? Or is there something else in play? Because, I mean, when, you, when I heard... I heard back when BlackBerry was supposedly up for sale that LG was interested in in some sort of agreement with them, and maybe at that point in time there was an agreement made in terms of the displays. I mean, have any have any of you guys ever read like Losing the Signal, the book that came yeah. through? At the very end of that, as I talk about some of the transition period, they talk about a time where Heinz and some of the company prior to. to, to to him coming in. Basically, Balsili and Lazaridis were working with Chinese manufacturers to license BlackBerry 10 and try to get that out there for people. And Heinz came in and said, no, 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 we need to focus on our own devices, doing it our own way. And of course, we, we know where it went from there, right? So yeah. 
So I wonder if now John Chen, a CEO with a lot more hindsight, is looking back to some of those potential agreements and saying, dang, we could have made a lot of money. Let me go revisit some of those partners. And, and we've seen John Chen on chi trips to China. He's even spoken yeah. at length in China. So, uh, again, he's a Hong Kong native. <laughs> so you can see him being there and actually making a lot happen for BlackBerry. So, again, interesting where they're going to get this technology from and what they're going to end up doing with it. Because at this point, as we mentioned earlier, it's still kind of a mystery in terms of the slider device. Everything is a mystery at this point. Like, oh, man, I can't even, I can't even explain, like, how, how closed off BlackBerry has begun mm -hmm. to be. And, oh. It's, yeah. yeah. Can't, be, can't, can't even beat around in the bush with them these days. Like, yeah, like, I mean... All, all anybody has to do is look at, at, at the departures. And I'm not saying look at the departures in a negative way. I'm saying look at the departures in terms of communications with the organization and, and stuff like that. Like, you're not going to get straight answers out of John Chen, mm -hmm. as, we, as we saw, you know. Like, are you building an Android device? Well, maybe I am, maybe I ain't kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if I can secure it, well, you're the security company. Of course you could secure it if you really wanted to. Like, come on. Right. Just give a straight answer. Like you can't any rumors and stuff like that. Like it, it's ridiculous how closed off the company has become. Like you can't even can't even ask like simple questions and and get a, a straight answer because everybody has a different answer. And I'm not saying that negatively. I'm just saying that in, in terms of, of That's reporting a fact. <laughs> yeah, in terms of reporting news about the company and rumors and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, Literally every rumor that goes up has to be taken with a grain of salt these days because you don't know where that rumor is coming from. <laughs> my question and, now, and Blackberry, Chris, this, yeah, go ahead, Jubei. Jubei. My, my question now, uh, Chris, to you is if this is because we're all on the same page. I've witnessed that as well too. All of the contacts I normally had over at Blackberry, uh, they're no longer there. So now is. Do you think this is hurting the company, or is it? I think I think it's transforming it, man. Because yeah. we know that a company like, let's say, Apple, super private, right? They don't let anything leak, and they make their announcements. Um, it's it's very specific. Um, they don't do any of these. You think that that BlackBerry's trying to kind of lock down? Remember, you know, with the whole. Uh, leaks and, and how they were tightening up that end too. Are they becoming just like super locked down, private, no one's going to know what we're doing? I think there's the magnifying glass on them right now though. Like, I mean, everyone wants to be, they want, they want the article that kills BlackBerry it seems. So everyone is paying so much more attention to BlackBerry just because they're, they, like, there's something big that's going to happen. Is it going to put them out of business or is it going to bring them back from the dead? Yeah. So I think they, they do need to be careful about what they say because they know if they say the wrong thing, if, if they in some way say something the tiniest bit you know, different than what it really is, the media will take it, take a spin, and it will, it will negatively or you know, probably negatively affect their stock <laughs> like, to an extreme amount. So they know they have to be extremely careful. Well, we've about seen, what yeah, they we've say. seen evidence of this with how volatile the stock, uh, you know, moves at just the slightest rumor. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's it to help their shareholders say, listen, let's just keep a clamp on everything. Let let's not let anything leak. Uh, let's get you know try to keep it steady uh, for the shareholders. This most recent 
thing that's been going on and their stock went down and everything, well, they had the earnings call. And I'm sure if any of you listen to it, like, part of you can say, eh, it sounded fine, you know, everything seemed positive to, to the most part. But when Chen started getting questioned a lot of it, or he was, he was giving numbers during the shareholders meeting, they had some people who were asking him for some numbers. Chen was some, giving some really vague numbers that ended up not checking out, not making sense, and people found out that he really wasn't giving some of the right numbers, and it wasn't by him like lying or anything. It was more of just like mistakes. Like, how are we supposed to value this company? That like he didn't seem as you know cool as he as he did in the past. And as these people started digging, they found out you know BlackBerry really some of the things that they they've been reporting they didn't seem totally fully the truth, um, not in like an illegal way or anything. But their stock started downfalling because all of these financial investors are realizing, you know, Chen is, he's not being so open with the company and it doesn't sit well with them. And I think it's been kind of obvious just the way that he's been talking lately in these interviews. He just doesn't seem as confident, you know, get the, we're going to give it the old college shot. And like just saying things like that just don't feel so, you know. Well, now that we're talking about the Amanda Lang interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just just to wrap that up, I mean, Jabay right. ultimately left that, that raw. Jabay <laughs> <laughs> ultimately asked whether or not you know that secrecy was hurting the company, and there's two ways that I look at it. I look at it in terms of the news and the information and consumer interests and stuff like that. Yeah, it's probably hurting the company in terms of consumer interests, and it's probably hurting the company in terms of their stock as well because nobody knows what's going on. As Alex pointed out, John Chen is being a little bit squirrely when it comes to numbers and stuff yeah. like that. And that has 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 a big play in terms of the stocks. Now, as I noted in the past, I'm not a big stock player anyways. I don't care. I honestly think that the stocks are nothing but a big, huge scam that can be manipulated <laughs> at pretty much any point in time. Get out anyway. of my head, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I want nothing to do with the stock. It's it's foolish and, you know, kudos to the people who have, have the, the, the mentality to deal with that crap, but it's not me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I think this, the secrecy and stuff like that is having somewhat of a negative effect on BlackBerry. However, when the secrecy, when the, the, the veil of secrecy gets lifted and, and people are genuinely surprised that something that BlackBerry does for once without actually having prior knowledge to that stuff. I think that is where we'll see the upswing on it because when was the last time that anybody was truly genuinely surprised about something that BlackBerry did? We know all of these things well ahead of time and you know the rumors get out there, the leaks get out there and stuff like that, but nobody has it's it I haven't been surprised by anything BlackBerry has done in the past like five years because I've known it all ahead of time. I want something yes. to come out yeah. that I am like, holy crap, what the hell? I didn't know that, you know? We we got all these rumors, we got all these speculation. Surely to hell one of them is right, but we just don't know what's one right. <laughs> <laughs> you articulated that so perfectly, Blaze, that I, th I think you've just killed that comment. Like, really, you have. <laughs> you, you've, you've put that one to rest. What do you guys think about the Blend 1.2 update? You think that's something that's good for BlackBerry at this point? The Blend no, focus? Gonna say something? Yeah, I was going to say something. I know you wanted to end it up, but... Um, no, everybody it's here. Gotta, Yeah, well, just one quick thing. It's just BlackBerry is a very dynamic company right now, and they got a lot of things going on. It, it's, it's kind of like make and deliver, not make, test, make sure, make sure, yeah. half time, and then deliver. So Chen can't really say a lot because he doesn't really even know 
if it's going to, he can't say, I know I'm going to be delivering this phone at this specific date and time for you guys. Or, and he doesn't want that to leak for them, an engineer to come and tell him, oh, well, you know, we need an extra month. And then it looks bad. It's, yeah. it's better for the company to keep everything inside until they really know what's going on. And then they could say, okay, boom, this is what's going on. So, and they've done that in the past. They, they over-promise and under-deliver. And it, it's good to see them and, get away. And it upsets people okay. more than anything. When you expect yeah. something this time and it's like four months later, then that's more frustrating than not even hearing it in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like our BBM updates. <laughs> <laughs> it's a killer, man. But the blend is at least getting the, the kind of updates it, it deserves. It's getting that attention monthly. Or, Finally. Uh, they're, they're putting those updates out. I mean, the, the updates hit beta zone every month and a half, every two months, and then you get the big update, big quote-unquote. So the redesign is nice. I think it's very productivity-focused. So it's good at least that they bring that into the frame. Honestly, I'm surprised that it actually took this long to get the blend update out because when you when you think about it, the blend update that was there, the 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 version of the app that the majority of the people were using was not that great. We've we've all read the blog posts about people writing about how BlackBerry Blend saved their lives or whatever the case may be, but from my personal standpoint, the 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 blend update that was publicly available was really not that great. You know, it was slow, it was laggy, it disconnected often. I'm absolutely glad that they finally got 1.2 out because 1.2 in this version, the recent version, is the one that actually works the best. Like, it, it's it's fast, it's fluid, it doesn't actually disconnect. They still they still have that high-resolution problem where things look a little bit shady on, on fancy 4K screens, but that's, you know, whatever. I don't have a 4K screen, so who gives a shit? Um, but, yeah, like, this Blend update is what, you know, as cliche as it sounded, it's what Blend should have been when it launched, but that wasn't the scenario. But, you know, it, it's a it's a beautiful update in terms of, of the overall robustness of the actual update itself and what it brings to the table over the previous version. I'm, I'm glad they have it for us, and I'm glad, again, that they're keeping up with that business side of the devices because... You can imagine if they build an Android device, imagine that Android device, you can offer Blend. So, again, you, you're able to deliver BlackBerry experiences through whatever hardware you may end up selling. Uh, and, and I hope there's a dual focus there. So, definitely cool to see the Blend stuff. Some of the updates are pretty, like, simple. So, they have a dashboard and application navigation redesign, ability to directly reply to BBM and SMS. So, kind of like instant notifications on BB10, right on Blend on your computer. Visual enhancement for file transfers, spell check support, support for portrait mode on tablets so you can hold the device vertically. And as well, just some of those core necessities, performance, and bug fixes. So, definitely a cool update. I'm glad they were able to bring that about. I want to see more. And I wonder if this is all leading up to like a paid subscription model, right? Where yeah, they nickel, they kind of nickel and dime us as if as as they do in BBM for some of those nicer features. I, I still want to see like a BBM Pro instead of this a la carte offering. I like the a la carte, but I would like something else as well. Just I want to go all in. Let me get it a little bit cheaper than I normally would, you know. Let me ask you a quick question, everybody here. Has anybody actually subscribed to the privacy and the security feature with yep. private chat and stuff like that? Yep. I just wanted I wanted to do like an analysis because of the fact that it has been out for a little bit now, longer now. Here's my thumb. <laughs> I got mine, man. I like it. So I, one, I, two. I got the one subscription that I actually enjoy using. 
I think comparing it to like the pin, like there's a no-brainer. Like if you're gonna pick one of those. We'll go with the privacy and security. Even though I don't use it that often, it's I picked the pin for the same reason, Alex. I picked the same Stop pin it. for the same reason. I'm like, yo, if I'm gonna get anything, it's gonna be a custom vanity pin because how often because I am vain. Meet someone and say, add me on BBM. Oh, and by the way, my pin is Alex Bass instead of saying my pin is P two three. Like I don't add people, random people on the street on BBM that often where I need to recall we from can, memory. We can relate this very simply, Alex. It's kind of like BlackBerry buying Android secured. It's not relevant, but I gotta, I gotta own it anyway. <laughs> sure, I'm never gonna use it, but I own that domain, whatever it may be. Well, think about like, okay, that's for a fan, like a BlackBerry, someone who enjoys BlackBerry is going to feel that way. But for like iOS or Android users, like, why would they ever buy a pin? Like, realistically, it just doesn't. I don't know. If if, if it's <laughs> difficult enough for for most of us, I want to say most of us, to buy a pin, then, you know, we're the small market of it all, of all the Still, a lot of a lot of loyal users out there, and again, the pin, vanity pin, goes all the way back to the legacy shop as well, so those guys can get it, and that's where a lot of the users still are in terms of BBM's active numbers, so. I again, have a vanity pin, and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> because somebody, somebody took Blaze, so I... Bought something else, right? So I'm like, yeah, whatever. See, so Alex. See, yeah. Alex. Someone took Blaze. That's why he would pay, so yeah. that no one, no one does. But that's know? so yeah. dumb. Oh man. Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone out there is impersonating Blaze right now. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's probably Blaze on like another BlackBerry device. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot I registered it. <laughs> you know, I I just had this kind of big connection in my in my brain, and I know that um this happens every now and then. I'm probably gonna. I feel like it's this big thing, but it might not be. So like it, we're com we're comparing BlackBerry 10 to whatever this new Android BlackBerry 10 will be. So we're saying, well, what we're used to with these gestures here, like I want to mention, like if you're in an app and you go like that, you check, oh, it's not important, go back, you'll never be able to really get that on anything else. Thank but we're you. BlackBerry 10 users comparing it to it. <laughs> so realistically, though, BlackBerry on Android, their target market really is not necessarily the hardcore BlackBerry 10 users or BlackBerry users. Their target market is going to be people who are on iOS or Android so the question is, can they develop this Android operating system that will convert people from Android or iPhone over to it? It shouldn't, like, I, we're taking it so personally because it is a personal thing to us, but maybe we shouldn't be looking at it in that light. So maybe they will never get it to the point where the hub is so integrated as BlackBerry 10, but the Android users, it might, you know, that app might be more than enough. Yeah, you that know, integration will work. Yeah. All I'm saying is 10.3.3. .3. Better not my last OS upgrade on my passport, or I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> they have to keep BB10 development going, and in the way the enterprise and you know market buys these devices, they buy them with the expectancy of support for at least two to five years. So BB10 has like more of a lifespan, I feel, at least one to two years out. It's the question is, does the Android do so well that they go all Android? Do they find a happy balance between the two? Or does it end up just hurting them in general, right? And it's another flop. Like, <laughs> it still doesn't give enough of what people want. Like, again, this device may be high-end. It may have a keyboard. But in terms of, like, a Samsung device or maybe, like, an HTC, where is the value proposition for BlackBerry outside of the design of the device? 
is it going to be those apps like Hub that Alex wants on Android, or is it going to be something else? So, so again, they would really need to bring all of that to the table at once to be successful with it, and I don't know and, if they have that. But if they're being smart, though, they wouldn't just bring the Hub to only the BlackBerry version phones. They would really, they're a software company. They don't want to do that. They would say, okay, you can get the Hub on your iPhone right now. You can get the Hub on your Android. It doesn't matter. So realistically, it comes down to at least the hardware, and there are so many people on Android that would like a nice keyboard yet still have a, a high-quality, um, high-end, all-touch device. So, like, I know that there are people that miss... BlackBerry, but they'd never go to BlackBerry to what it is right now, Android yeah. users and iOS users. So if, they're, if they can get uh, an Android phone that has a nice keyboard and the keyboard actually in some way works with the OS, like Android integrated keyboard built by BlackBerry and all of that, like that might be enough for some consumers to be like, you know, I, I actually want to give this device a shot, whereas they wouldn't just BlackBerry otherwise. And, and Ronell, what are some of your thoughts? Is this a device like you could sell? Like, like, how, how, how do you conceptualize selling an Android BlackBerry to a consumer in a shop where a BlackBerry 10 device also exists, you know? I, I just see, like, they're going to have to choose one or the other at some point. I don't see them being able to balance both, but maybe you have a sentimentality I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if you sell me something, if Android's more secure, okay. I mean, it's, there's got to be a selling point in terms of the operating system with uh, with BlackBerry selling an Android device in, in some respective way. Um, somebody said in the group earlier, and I forgot who it was, but they said Cynogen, like BlackBerry Probably some type of uh, Android <laughs> morphed kind of operating system, right? That would that would make sense. iPhone doesn't really have a chance, to be honest with you guys. You when you say Apple and iPhone and then put a hub like that's never gonna that's never gonna happen. That's well, it's an app, it's a standalone app that like why not? There's a Gmail app. Why can't there be a hub app? Because it's iPhone. You got a button I'm on. Thinking, the, I, just, I think what we're talking about here is in which the paradigm that the OS flows from. Like I said before, BlackBerry 10. These devices were built from the ground up as the, uh, the hub. Yeah, gesture base, and then the hub is the heart and soul of the operating system. You can't slap on the hub on top of, like, iOS or Android, for that matter. This is why I don't think that it could be really integrated. People want to say, oh, BB10 on the Android. I don't really think that's possible. I get the support. I get the enterprise. I'm all for it. But on the consumer end, I don't really see... I don't know why BlackBerry would even go in that area where they could potentially put themselves out of business. Like, why would you uh, jeopardize your uniqueness uh, to test? Because it's not selling, and they're a software company. Yeah. If it's not selling, there's only so much you can do. They want to get out of hardware. And by saying, you know, we're not going to develop this on other operating systems because we want to keep it on ours, well, your number, your device sales are going down. You have, you can't just say, like, it's same with people who say, keep BBM on BlackBerry because that's one of the unique things. People will go to BlackBerry for BBM. Well, no, that's not the case. You had to go cross-platform. You went too late, but, like, you just can't say, you know, who is, everything who on BlackBerry. That, who would you say is the target audience for an Android device running uh, some form of BB10? Work-life balance people who... I think it's for the it's for, it's for the enterprise who says, hey, yeah. here, I'm giving you a secure Android phone. Don't bitch about it. It's your one phone, yeah. you know? You guys and, gotta... and you can use it in, in both matters, in a consumer and, of course, work-life sense. 
It, it depends. I mean, there's a lot of big major companies which don't allow Android at all at this point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Like they right. don't allow. Yeah. It's too open source. So BlackBerry securing Android is a is a huge step to allowing people to get Androids in their corporate environments in the first place. And iPhones are expensive. That's the alternative, right? iPhone. Exactly. And they're exactly. so expensive. Exactly. Now, Which is, you can't buy a fleet of iPhones for the same price you can buy yep. a fleet of Leaps. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, true. not right. A fleet of Leaps, the, uh, the 1.5 gigahertz armada. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. The fleet of Leaps. <laughs> You can just see them like coming to shore and just like, hey. <laughs> so we talked about, we've got basically to the end of our topic, so we got about 15 minutes left here before I want to close it out. Let's talk about John Chen, Amanda Lang, The Exchange on CBC. This was an extended interview. I want to say it was like 15, 20, 25 minutes. It was a nice, as the show would, it, would allow you to suggest, exchange between Amanda Lang, who was asking some kind of, it's just some antiquated questions, right? Like questions you asked two years ago, and you're just yeah. re-asking them now. But beyond that, John Chen gave some really timely, relevant answers, while, as we kind of mentioned earlier, skirting a lot of those, the, the, <laughs> the real core of some of those answers. But a response is a response is a response. From John Chen, his candor really is something that you can appreciate because he's always going to talk to you in an almost just in an almost desperate way, not necessarily emotionally desperate, but he's going to talk to you with a sense of reality that, yo, this is still very timely for us and something we're still actively working on. So he talks about morale, right? He talks about the rumors of the company going on for sale. Anyone else that watched the exchange, what were some of your impressions from what John Chen had to say? It wasn't so happy and upbeat as it normally is. It was a little bit more realistic, you know? like I appreciated the realism in it because, I mean... The, the biggest headline to come out of there was that John Chen isn't selling BlackBerry. Well, we already know that because, you know, that is, as you implied, one of those antiquated questions, even though that the rumors do continue to come up. We already know that John Chen has no intention of selling the company at this point in time. And I, 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 I highlight that at this point in time part of, of the response there because he does have a – he, he even went so far as to note that he has a fiduciary responsibility to yep. listen to anyone who has a, a potential proper offer that would take care of the, the, the customers that BlackBerry has currently and, you know, someone who can offer him the money that he believes that BlackBerry is worth. And, and, and Chris, with that said... I want to take you back a couple of years to when BlackBerry was for sale. When when the media comes and tells you BlackBerry couldn't even find find anyone to buy them, really the inverse of that is BlackBerry wasn't accepting any of the prices they were given. You know, they're like, yeah. there's still so much we could put in a little bit of work and get more money than what you're offering us right now. So yeah. you would really need to come to the market with something substantial for BlackBerry, and, and, I think, to take it. And again, to the suitor, it has to be someone who's going to take care of our customers. So Blaze brought that up. That was a brilliant point to bring. Yeah, and when that did happen, though, and I think the offer at one point was the $9 a share thing, I like I was a shareholder at the time, and I would have lost a decent amount of money, but still, like it would have been the thing where I would rather sit on this stock and let it go down to $2 a share than I would sell it at $9. I'd rather hope that it could go above nine dollars 
even up to like 15, 16, then I would rather just sell it at 9. And like I'd be an average shareholder and I got in around the $11 mark. So for the people who are sitting, who bought it at 50 and are still sitting at it, 70, 80, 90 are still sitting at it, why would they agree with Blackroom and be like, yeah, sell this thing for $9? So now we're sitting at the stock at 750 Do you really think that someone's going to come in at $8, $9 and Blackroom be like, okay, then we'll do it? It just yeah. doesn't make sense. The risk just risk reward is not there right now. Within BlackBerry right now, I see within the next three to four years, probably four, that we could see a stock price of like twenty-two to twenty-five dollars, and then that just be a solid foundation for them to obviously grow on as they focus again on the software side of the Internet of Things and all that they have to come. Uh, people think that like Black BlackBerry maybe badgered Cisco out of that money that that we saw on the last. Uh, <laughs> Quarterly warnings that like they, they want to beat them up like hey give me my licensing money, but I think it was a cross-platform licensing deal. If that's what the press release said, they're not just badgering someone to get money out of them. They're sharing their assets. And again, if BlackBerry can do that with more people, if BlackBerry can do that with Google and do a cross-platform licensing deal, some of their security IP for maybe Google services or or whatever we want from Go from Google at this point, right? Do we want an OS? Do we want the services? Whatever. Anyway, if they brought all that together, maybe they could have some kind of agreement where they share some of their development costs and some of the access, and again, spread the wealth a little bit more readily. Focus I, on I believe we're going to start seeing more of that, too, because I mean, yeah. that's why the whole BTS thing was put together. So it only makes sense that you know they're not gonna they're not gonna end with Cisco and however however many people wanna wanna portray it they're they're still gonna be making those deals and they're still gonna be you know cross platform licensing agreements that are coming through they just they just haven't announced them as of yet and hopefully we'll hear some at the at the security summit I don't know if we will or not but hopefully we will uh, it may not be the venue for it but. I still think that uh, in the long run we're gonna we're gonna hear more about the, the cross platform. To, to, to yeah. that to that, Chris, and, and before Alex, I want you to jump on here, so hold your thought. But it, it seems interesting because again, this was like one very specific deal, right? Cisco it brought in about you know eighty to hundred million dollars of software revenue, right? And imagine just like four other deals with different companies, and like that's the five hundred million for the quarter. We didn't necessarily earn it and grow to it, but we were able to consummate that that amount of wealth, you know. Yeah. It, so really, is it is it that hard for BlackBerry if they can you know use some things that have not been used? Forty four thousand patents, some of the youngest yeah. in the industry. Some talking about Wi Fi, some talking about LTE. Those are valuable patents. Certicom again. There's these things that really they can start making some hard money off of, but again. BlackBerry, you know, they talk about you know, 35 petabytes of data, you know, 60 million cars on the road, and, and all these statistics. Yet they're not making the money to show all of that. And I think John Chen is really just focusing on nailing all those pieces down, and starting to make some money, right? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff within BlackBerry that they've sort of been, I don't know, lax in terms of actually turning a profit on. Like, you know, they could go. As much as I don't want them to, I mean, they could start arguing those patents in court and stuff like that, which, you know, ultimately costs everybody money in the long run. I'm not saying they should do that, and I'm not saying that I hope that they do or anything along those lines. I'm just saying they've been rather lax in terms of, you know, fighting hardware IP and, and all of that stuff that has come up. I mean, the biggest, the biggest case that we have um, to essentially look at is with, uh, with uh, what the hell was the name of that stupid company? Typo. I mean, that was that was the biggest case that they went to bat with for recently, and that was because you know Typo was infringing upon their their biggest 
their biggest patent, I guess you could say, in terms of of um, the iconic portion of the industry, which is their keyboard, right? So, you know, there, there's plenty of other things that BlackBerry could go to bat with and fight against to have people start paying them money. And again, I don't want them to do that because legal legal battles are no fun. I want them to go ahead and, and make these agreements, you know, mutually with some of these organizations. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they, they, they sort of let pass that they, they could have made money on, but they didn't. Definitely, especially with the co-CEOs who were they were just so focused on those other places where they wanted to make developments, SMS 2.0 and you know more carrier relations for BBM. And again, focusing on the hardware of what BB10 is to come, a lot of that just wasn't even on the radar. They weren't even looking to make money on some of those aspects yet. Yeah. We're here now, and John Chen's like, all right, pay me. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving this to you for this long. you got to start paying me. It was all about hardware sales and server sales at that point in time with the co-CEOs, and that was all they cared about, so, you know. There were some interesting points from the exchange, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier when prefacing the topic, they talked a lot about morale and how it's still not there yet, you know. We need to continue developing on it. We need to stay focused on keeping everybody energized and focused on the task ahead. But a lot of this stuff at this point is going to be outsourced to different people to build and actually start developing. So as BlackBerry again diversifies not only their hardware distribution but as well focuses on things like the actual software development, bringing that to other parties to you know, make the process even faster. Imagine how lean they can get. I really feel like we're seeing a ramp up here right now and we're headed toward the security summit where they're going to announce something. Is it another acquisition? Is it an advancement on the IoT platform? Is it new partners that they've signed and inked with? What do you guys think? I mean, Jubei and Chris, you both are going to be there. What's kind of in your realm of expectation? Last year, we saw the Passport device, you know, and, and that was showing to, shown to us pre-release, basically, and we got to see some hands-on, some demos from specific employees. Do you think it's going to be that dynamic this go-around, or do you think it's going to be a little bit more focused on the enterprise side of things? Uh, enterprise, for sure. Um, yeah. Last year, they, you know, they put a lot of statistics. You know, they, you said the, the terminology earlier, James about BlackBerry doubling down on this whole enterprise deal, and um, that's essentially what it is. They he John may flash that um, slider device on stage. Um, I don't know. And but, will, will it be running Android or BlackBerry time? <laughs> they, they switch it up this time. It's an actual prototype, and it's actually running Android. <laughs> Right, are you guys going to be able to get hands-on with the slider? Are they going to talk about it? Are they going to acknowledge the fact that they've left developers to slaughter on BlackBerry 10, basically? Yeah, no, but they... Okay, so yes and no. <laughs> if, you, if you honestly pay attention to what's been going on with BlackBerry 10 development as of lately, and I think this kind of inter intersects with the whole Google partnership thing going on, well, BlackBerry's really been saying... Go develop Android apps. They've wholeheartedly been saying, "Go, you should honestly go develop Android apps." So these people who are focusing on en enterprise apps, if you're developing for BlackBerry, hopefully you have productivity and enterprise in mind, and that would be the best target market. So if BlackBerry is then being a cheerleader for Google and saying, "Hey, go develop apps for them," that helps Google out. So if, if honestly, if Google and BlackBerry create some kind of thing together, would that really hurt for BlackBerry saying? Go, if you're enterprise-focused app development, go build for Google. They're not saying go build for Microsoft. They're not saying go build for Apple. They're saying go build for Google. Alex, it just kills me, though, because literally 
Everyone is going enterprise right now. Microsoft is ki- basically yeah. killed the Nokia, Nokia acquisition. 7.5 billion nucleus. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Silicon Valley slipped in there. But um, you know, the Nokia merger basically was a bust for them, and they wrote most of that off. A lot like the first VB10 launch, right, where we wrote most of that yeah. off. So everyone's focusing on enterprise devices. Even the Yola company is yeah. now – Sailfish OS is their primary I'm sorry, focus. What, what was the name of that company? Yolo? <laughs> the, the Swedes are, are looking at you with shame right now over a Malmo. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> but again, everyone's focused on these enterprise devices these days. So I think, as Renette was mentioning earlier, allowing them to secure Android and own that niche now is really going to be positive for them. And this is something I talk about in both Andrew and I in our Berryflow one-on-one session, where we kind of go over and gloss over some of those different pieces of the conversation that you know, we wouldn't necessarily talk about here on Upstream because really they're not relevant to the conversation at all. So it's good at least that we can come together every week and have a discussion on the news, at least what we have for now. I appreciate having everybody on. We'll wrap it up here. But I appreciate having everybody on for this particular cast. This was 56 entitled Ramp. Take it easy, guys. I'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Later. Later. Later, Gators.